Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. It is such a pleasure and privilege to share the word of God with you once again. Last week we had a service and we enjoyed the service. I'm not saying we should never have services. I'm not saying to have service is wrong. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying just the service alone does not become the church to be the body to be the ecclesia it is much more than just having a service but there is nothing wrong in having a service so enjoy the service when when we have the service but enjoy the Christ life enjoy the body life enjoy the union enjoy the relationships enjoy the reality last week i touched a bit upon unveiling in chapter 9 verse 8 we read i'm reading it from the amplified by the holy spirit by this the holy spirit points points out that the way into the true holies of holies the way into the true holy of holies okay i want you to see this word true holy of holies the way into the true holy of holies is not a throne open as long as the former tabernacle outer portion right the former tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing tabernacle remains a recognized institution institution and is still standing okay and the other version we talk about the way to the true holies of holies is not a throne open it says in amplified in passion it says it's not unveiled as long as the system remains so the veil is the institution here the veil is the institution so i want to talk about different veils institution is the veil one of the veil and uh, he is comparing this with the tabernacle so there is outer portion then there is holies then the then there is the holiest of all holy of holies and separating this holy and holy of holies is a veil and that beyond the veil okay beyond the veil this is so important just imagine there is a veil and here is the holies and here is the outer courtroom and here is holiest of all or holy of holies whatever you call it and here is the veil okay this is the veil what was what is the difference between this 
this side of the veil and that side of the veil. Here, it's all human activity. There is table of showbread and then there is candle. Uh, the priest is supposed to come in daily and trim the lamps. The light here, the light here is man-made. Are you getting what I'm telling? They have to trim the lamp, pour oil. The oil will keep going down. Every day they have to come and pour the oil, keep the lamp burning, uh, eat the bread. All those things happen here. But if you go beyond the veil, there is no natural light. But there is the glory of God. There is the glory of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And in the glory of God, you have the Ark of the Covenant and you have the two cherubims, you know, above the Ark. And then there is the mercy seat. And within the mercy seat or within the Ark is the two tablets of testaments or the commandments. And then you have the budded rod, uh, Aaron's rod. And then you have the mysterious bowl of manna. There are different interpretations given for these things. One of the common interpretations that people give is these three things talk about uh, rebellion. For example, the tablets talk about moral rebellion. Okay? It exposes our moral weakness. The Ten Commandments exposes our sin, our moral uh, incapacity. Then the rod is nothing but that happened during, you know, they, uh, what do you say, rebelling against God's authority. And manna is rebelling against God's provision. So, rebelling against God's moral standard, rebelling against God's authority and uh, rebelling against God's provision. And those things has to be covered by the mercy seat with blood. So, God does not want to see the rebellion. God wants to see the blood. You know, that's the usual interpretation given in the penal substitution atonement uh, lens. And we have dismantled that lens in length in the foundation series. Why did, why of the cross? Why did Jesus die? You know, uh, to whom was the payment made? Um, what is the necessity of the blood? All those things have been covered in the foundation series. If you haven't listened to it, please go and listen to that uh, so that you understand what we are saying. Now we know that the blood is not for God, but the blood is for our conscience. The blood cleanses our conscience. We need the blood. Okay? Uh, not God needs the blood. And the mercy seat. The blood dripping mercy seat. Okay? Blood dripping mercy seat. This is nothing but Jesus on the cross where he in fact, I told you in Exodus, it says, 
between the cherubim above the mercy seat i will meet you there okay between the cherubim above the mercy seat i will meet you there so the meeting place of god and man is the blood dripping mercy seat so the meeting place of humanity and divinity reached its climax in the incarnation of jesus shedding out pouring out his blood and entering into our darkness that is where really really god met humanity okay that's what it talks about and uh, because he meets us there we get access to life think about it in the glory commandment gives life in the glory the dead rod of aaron comes back to life in the glory manna which is supposed to rot in a day remains fresh forever in the glory things don't decay in the glory things don't die in the glory time does not have an effect see you take manna and keep it keep it here on this side of the veil what happens when you keep the manna on this side of the veil it is under time it rots you keep the rod this side you know it is just a dead rod because it is under time decay happens it comes this side of the veil into the glory what happens the nature changes the nature of the rod changes the nature of manna changes the nature of the commandment changes the commandment which brings death apart from the glory apart from the presence brings life your commandments give life so that's exactly what i'm talking about so beyond the veil is the glory that gives life and it has divine that glory is nothing but light right light of his presence so here is man made light here is divine light when you have divine light when you have divine revelation when you have an encounter with the glory of god you are participating in life now come with me to hebrew 6 for when god made a promise to abraham verse 13 onwards okay 613 for when god made a promise to abraham because he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself let me read it from the amplified men indeed swear by greater than themselves and with them in all disputes the oath taken for confirmation is final ending strife this is so important listen this is talking about natural example when two guys are fighting oh you need to give me this you need to give me that you know finally we come put a legal agreement sign and see when i write it in normal paper it's a promise when i write it in a legal paper you know it is legal okay i'm just giving my word when i am just writing but when i'm writing in a legal paper it becomes a binding thing that settles disputes that ends strife okay 
That is the power of oath. Oath is a promise with a legal binding. Are you getting what I'm saying? We all know that. Oh, okay. I love you. You're my wife. I can say that. Okay. Then we sign in the register. So now the promise and the legal binding makes it strong. But think about it. Think about it. What good is the legal binding if I don't keep my word just because I got into a legal arrangement? Are you getting what I'm saying? So legal arrangement is necessary because there is unbelief. But the real thrust of the matter is in one person keeping the word. You might have a legal certificate saying that you are married. But when there is no real relationship, it doesn't work. Right? So it is the relational promise keeping thing that is the main thing. But because of our malfunction and fallen state, we value a legal binding more than just the word. So God, when he wanted to convince Abraham that he's going to bless him, he just got down, dropped to Abraham's level. He just not just leave him with a promise, which is good enough from God's end. But he got into an oath. That is what it is saying. Okay. Now in that context, read this. Men indeed swear by greater than themselves and with them in all disputes, the oath taken for confirmation is final ending all strife. Accordingly, God also in his desire, in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan. Did you just read? Did you even understand what it read? Accordingly, God also in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan intervened, mediated with an oath. When God makes a promise, he does not want any doubt from your end. And to remove that doubt, he is going to a greater extent of making covenantal oaths. That is exactly what I'm saying. See, God does not need Abraham to sacrifice anything to him. God doesn't need the blood of bulls and goats. But Abraham being a Eastern cultural guy, tribal guy, he understands covenants very well. He understands cutting an animal and walking through it very well as the unchangeable oath. That is his language. The unchangeable oath. You can say a hundred unknown things, but at the end of the day, when you cut the animal, split it into two and walk through it, that's it. You, you know, you're bound by life. You are supposed to keep that word no matter what happens. That is Abraham's language. That is Abraham's framework. And since God in his desire to show more convincingly without a shadow of doubt. Look at the love of the father. 
He did not say, hey, why the heck should I speak your language, Abraham? I just told you, I'll bless you and multiply you. That's it. Get lost. He didn't say that. He is coming down to the level of Abraham. See, we are calling all we are, we are calling Abraham as the father of faith. But who made him the father of faith? It is the father God who got down to his level by strengthening his faith by covenantal oath. Are you getting what I'm saying? When he started becoming shaky, God makes this covenant to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeable oaths of his purpose and plan intervene mediated with an oath. The unchangeableness of his purpose and plan. It might be individual, it might be nation, it might be a community, it might be a family, it might be towards humanity. God's plan and purpose is unchangeable. Wow. Just think about that. Settle. God's plan and purpose. Come on, open your mouth and say, God's plan and purpose regarding my life, regarding my family, regarding our community is unchangeable. Is unchangeable. Is unchangeable. We shall inherit the promise. The unchangeable, unchangeableness of his purpose and plan intervened Mediated with an oath. This was so that by two unchangeable things. What are the two immutable things? New King James says immutable. Amplified says unchangeable. Two immutable things. His promise and his oath. In which it is impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us. There is no need for God to prove himself. He is God. But look at his heart to show that he, 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 he is not trying to deceive us, trick us by showing us something really good. No, 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 no. We who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. See, there is a hope. There is a hope set before us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. See, the glory, the manifestation of the glory is still a hope. Okay? It is not a wishy-washy hope. I hope it doesn't rain. Not that kind of a hope. Whatever I said so far, the unchangeableness, the immutability of his promise and oath, God wanting to prove that there is no falsehood or he is not going to deceive, that kind of strength, that kind of hope. We have such a solid hope. Why? What is that hope? What is that hope? Now, we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under what, under whoever steps out upon it. A hope. Did you listen to, listen to this? 
Let me read it again. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. See, it's the soul that gets wavery. Our mind, will and emotions. Something happens, soul goes like a, like a boat tossed on the wind. That's how soul is. But the boat needs to have an anchor which holds it steadfast during a stormy night. So our soul has a anchor. What is that anchor? That the anchor is the hope. Okay? Listen to me carefully. Um, the hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence beyond the veil. Are you getting what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> hope that has crossed beyond the veil, which goes into the certainty of the presence. Malta, Rahal, Kuduro, Mandele, Brunte. See, beyond the veil is the presence of God. Beyond the veil is the glory of God, which is where life is. And our hope is anchored beyond the way. Okay? By now you should have known what the anchor is, who the hope is. Okay? Mm, let's continue. Where Jesus entered in for us in advance, a forerunner having become a high priest forever after the order with the rank of Melchizedek. See, what does this word forerunner mean? Huh? What does forerunner mean? The one who runs before. Meaning, there are people running behind him and he is the first to cross. So that's why he is the forerunner. If he is the only one running, he cannot be the forerunner. Are you getting what I'm saying? Forerunner makes him the first to run and cross the line. Here is the veil. Okay, he is the first one to cross the veil. And he is the forerunner. And he, that means we are all running after him. And we are all made priests. Okay. We are all made priests according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is about life. He doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an end. Are you getting what I'm saying? Beyond the veil is all about life. And Jesus is our forerunner. And he is our hope. He is the steadfast anchor that has gone beyond the veil. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is no way we will miss the promise of life if we anchor our hope in Christ who has gone beyond the veil for us. Malto regetel banta ragatal bana kushintelebrente. Okay, let me do one more verse. 
Yeah, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Therefore brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the holy of holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. See, this veil, this human activity happens daily. But the high priest just gets to enter beyond the veil only once in a year. So this veil restricts access. This veil restricts access. Okay? So he's talking about beyond the veil, Jesus has gone. But beyond the veil, Jesus has gone. For what? For what? That is what this, this thing is explaining. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, by this fresh, new and living way, by this fresh, fresh, new and living way, which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us. See, the way has been initiated, has been dedicated and has been opened for us through the separating curtain veil of the holy of holies that is through his flesh and since we have such a great and wonderful noble high priest who rules over the house of god let us come forward and draw near with true honest and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute con conviction engendered by faith by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust, confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. My goodness, I can go on and on and on. So, by the, by the ripping apart of his own veil, he ripped this veil apart. Let me read it in the New King James. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So when his flesh was broken, my goodness, the veil in the temple got ripped apart. When he died on the cross and they pierced him with a spear and his flesh was torn open, and blood and water came out. That's the time. The temple veil was torn from bottom till top. Now it has been open for us to enter. Okay. Listen to me for carefully. So now we have unrestricted access. Absolute confidence and boldness to enter into the presence. When did this happen? This happened at his death. At his death itself the veil was torn open. But how come that way to the holiest of all, even though it was torn open, the veil was torn, how people did not enter into this life-giving presence? How people did not enter into the life-giving presence? Glory. That is exactly what I read 
to you in chapter 9 verse 8. The Spirit expressly says, points out that the way into the true holiest of all, even though it has been made, the veil has been ripped apart, it's not yet thrown open to all. It has not been unveiled because the tabernacle, the system, still remains as a recognized institution. I don't know whether you're understanding what I'm saying. So it is basically the institution, as long as it is still standing, it just renders the work of Jesus invalid. Even though he has gone beyond the veil, torn open the veil through his own flesh and removed the separating veil between God and man and thrown open the way to the holiest of all so that we can all with boldness, with full assurance. See, what's the problem? Our hearts are not assured of his goodness. That is what this blood is supposed to give. The blood of bulls and goats could not perfect your conscience meaning could not give you assurance to boldly enter the holiest of all. What the blood could not do, blood of bulls and goats and calves could not do, the blood of Jesus did. But it looks like we are as, what do you say, scared like Israelites to enter the veil, enter beyond the veil. Why? We are still trusting in our human work. We are start, we're still trusting in our human effort to access life. And we keep disqualifying ourselves. Our hearts keep condemning us. Because the religious system keeps us in that place of works. Let's read from verse 7. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious... So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Whatever glory that Moses experienced was a passing away glory because it's a ministry of condemnation. It's a ministry of death. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. That kind of glory, the passing away glory, the ministry of condemnation, ministry of death, preserved Moses 120 years, eyes not dim. That's the kind of effect it had on the flesh of Moses, which is a passing away glory. There is something wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have much better access than what Moses had. We have much better promises than what Moses had. We have much better confidence than what Moses had. And we have much better glory than what Moses had. And we haven't even experienced what Moses experienced. There is something wrong. 
there is something wrong for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels moses had some glory but when the new covenant glory came paul is saying when you look at the glory that moses had it is like having no glory because of the glory that excels and we read that again for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels for if what is passing away was glorious what remains is much more glorious whatever moses experienced was a passing away thing we have a remaining glory marahala kondura baldana hashidile bendo therefore since we have such hope we use great boldness of speech unlike moses who put a veil over his face look at that the veil restricts access the veil reduces hope the veil reduces confidence unlike moses look at the previous verse therefore since we have such hope we use great boldness of speech unlike moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were blinded here is the important thing currently where is the veil is it in some temple somewhere where is the veil blinding the hmm but their minds were blinded but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in christ but even to this day when moses is read a veil lays on their heart see don't think it like moses or old testament or 10 commandments it is a religious system as long as you are part and stuck of the religious system we have a veil in our mind and that veil will stop us from experiencing life but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in christ but even to this day when moses is read a veil lies on their heart nevertheless one turns to the lord read verse 16 nevertheless when one turns to the lord the veil is taken away come on repeat after me when i turn to the lord how do you turn to the lord in your heart when you turn to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty there is freedom there is life there is glory verse 18 wonderful but we all with unveiled face but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord or being metamorphosed or being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord 
I can go on and on and on. I'll just uh, read. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds, the God of this age, the God of this age is not devil. The God of the age is Moses. The God of this age is the law in this context. In our context, the God of this age is the religious spirit. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, the reality of love, light and life cannot shine as long as there is a veil in the mind. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. My goodness, there is so much to speak on all these things. See, Jews talked about light. Greeks sp spoke about knowledge. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Light, light, light is Jewish. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is Greek. R Rome is glory. Glory, glory of Rome, glory of Caesar. Look how in one sentence, Paul is sweeping through all three categories and saying, whatever you are seeking for is just found in the face of Jesus Christ. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Okay, that is the Jewish theme, right? In the beginning, God commanded light to shine out of darkness. That is the Jewish thing. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So whatever the Greek and the Rome and the Jewish world, pretty much the entire world, these three things cover, was looking for, was found in the person of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. This hope of glory, Christ, who is the hope of glory, is in this earthen vessel. Why is it in the earthen vessel? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. I don't know how more clear the scripture should be. Paul is saying, we are carrying around the death, the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, 
so that we'll die. No, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. See, you should understand. They were not trying to protect themselves. That's what it says. They were not in self-protection mode. They didn't care. For them, death is nothing. They were more than willing to die. So they were not preaching immortality because they were afraid to die. They were not preaching or going after immortality because of the fear of death. They were all the more willing to be eaten by lions. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. In some sense, apostles were appointed for martyrdom. Apostles knew, even though they had the revelation of immortality and operated in life, they knew they were appointed for martyrdom. So that's what he's saying. Death is working in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up our Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse 4. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we, are, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, I just read three chapters to you. Chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. So it spoke about the law being the veil. And the veil being removed as you turn and look at Christ. As you turn and look at Christ and the veil is being removed, you are transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. Moses' glory was passing away glory. Our glory is ever increasing glory. From glory to glory. Because we are beholding Jesus. For we are beholding Jesus. So when we are beholding that glory from glory to glory. 
even though the outward man is perishing even though we are pressed pressed crushed all these things is happening but there is a treasure within us there is a glory within us there is christ in us as we look at the unseen which is eternal mortality will be swallowed up by life and he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who has given us the spirit as a guarantee so beyond the veil is our forerunner who has entered as the high priest according to the order of melchizedek who operates in life indestructible no beginning no end so as we behold him the high priest according to the order of melchizedek we are transformed into the same image from glory to glory and that transforms metamorphoses us what is the problem lack of confidence believing a lie that we don't have access to life believing a lie that we don't have access to the glory that has life and that is the veil that will be removed when you keep looking at christ melchizedek met abraham with bread and wine i don't know how the covenant of abraham was mediated by melchizedek mer kola brando la brada na mana shandi ribeledededede <laughs> he blessed him with bread and wine so prosperity and physical resurrection happened for abraham as he partook of the bread and wine that melchizedek gave Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Let's all take part together. The same indestructible life that is in the order of Melchizedek let it flow through you. Margala baradula mana shandule beregedele benegedere labrahadula mana hanta ragididie the makers of heaven and earth may he bless you may he bless you king of righteousness king of life king of shalom king of peace marco rabanda la bruce la banda rahul kadana mandele brote rabadal hatuna kashidiante degedede Iara halkuduna mendele bradu labra hatuna makoshetele batid. Yes, 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 yes. And Abraham responded by giving to Melchizedek. Wow. Abraham responded by giving. When we understand these things, this everything right communion meditation of scriptures prayer 
presence engaging ah reading of scriptures i was just reading through hebrews sitting and reading read spend time with scriptures ah don't think you've grown beyond bible stick to the scriptures read meditate be generous give you know these are all the healthy disciplines yeah see having a good healthy discipline is good for the body right you exercise well you eat well so when you do those things regularly it keeps your body in good condition so is spiritual life eat well eat well eat daily okay and exercise well exercise generosity exercise joy exercise forgiveness exercise peace engage with the glory engage with the glory life giving presence where things happen like that like the dead rod went through resurrection it 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 blossomed budded and bore fruit in a night like that whatever is not possible for years shall happen like that in the glory markala brondala bashula brakidela mande labrudala manahatiri biniyatadaka yes we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in jesus most precious name we pray amen 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 god bless you thank you so much um we are you know pushing through the project so we are we want to finish uh at least the ground floor before the uh next academic year because we want to start the academic year at the center and so many of you have graciously and generously given if it is in your heart to partner with the vision i would really appreciate you to uh take note of the account details and give okay a quick update on the project too god bless you thank you so much hi guys so excited to be here um i'm going to take you all and give you a um sneak peek uh into the whole building so excited to take you with me come let's check it out so this is the road as you can see and the road will stop here and this is where the compound wall of our property will come and uh right now because of the crane and the vehicle movements we have kept this thing open but it will not be open this will be closed so the road comes in like this and turns like this and we go so on these sides we're going to plant some trees on the border uh and uh so the car car parking such things can be also be made uh while the car is parked one car can enter in like this and uh there is an entrance here there is an entrance here so this is rafik you know 
a very faithful guy who has been working so hard uh, in this project. Thank you so much. <laughs> and um, there is an entrance here. So this way would be the ramp entrance. Uh, we have designed it in such a way that the whole system of protocol that has to be followed like hand sanitizing, washing, all such things will be set up here. So uh, you can wash all you want to wash. The kids basically, you know, it's mandatory uh, for the kids to come and wash. And uh, here there will be a signage, logo, life up, connect, create, cultivate. Uh, signage will be here. And uh, it's a ramp entry. Um, so if you come in, you enter the building. And here would be stage. The stage height, of course, will be raised. And see, the porotherm is going to go all the way up. Um, this is not like the normal brick. It is called porotherm block. And we have these cavities inside. The air cavity makes it a very good thermal material to use. It will stop the heat from uh, coming in much. And uh, so here you have this mezzanine, mezzanine pillars. So at this height would be a mezzanine, mezzanine flow. And there'll be partitions uh, making rooms and classrooms and labs and things like that. This common area, this area would be a full height. Uh, this is where the maker space would be more of a collaborative space where different age group kids will work here and uh, as you can see we have got uh, pretty pretty huge windows we want it to be well circulated so this area would be uh, the tiny tots, the kindergarten kids would be, their classes would be here, Montessori space and things like that. And there is an exit from here. Where you exit is, this would be the kindergarten play area. So you have the sand pit and uh, the mountain, uh, rope mountain to climb. All those fun stuff will be here. And if you just walk out like this, this comes and joins the road. The road that we entered, it, it just comes through like this and takes a turn over here and comes. And what you see right here is a canteen. You know, kids can buy stuff from there and come and the second half of the plot will have these play areas like a basketball half court, you know, cricket practice net and a lot of trees on the side, a lot of shades so you can get some stuff from the canteen, sit and uh, talk. So we are talking about uh, 
relational spaces right uh changing the format of our sunday gatherings and things like that so that all is what is going to happen here we can play sit eat chat talk things through once you cross the road will be the toilets and the bathrooms uh so it is not far away from the building so that the elderly can also just cross and have access to so the road turns this way and comes out people will drop off at the other end they'll drop off the kids and the car will come through like this and that's for the spins entry this entry would be the common entry for people which is the reception side of the entry so the reception entry happens this way so once you enter the reception you would see the stage uh to the front and then to the left and the right are the rooms guys so excited hope uh, you saw got a fair idea of how the building is going to look like um it has been so so wonderful to see god's faithfulness to see the building come up as i have told many times building is not the vision uh the vision is for is for why the building is standing all right the vision is people and uh as you know the academic year begins by june i want to finish the building in the next two months so we are rushing things through uh march and april we need 50 lakhs minimum minimum 50 lakhs we need more than that but we need 50 lakhs minimum in the next two months to finish the project and enter uh i am trusting god to do this thing so many of you friends and partners around the world have faithfully and generously given We so so appreciate your generosity. Uh we thank you for partnering with us so far. If it is in your heart to give, I want you to take note of the account details and give and together we can make this thing happen. Thank you so much once again. Love you. See you all soon.